Hi there, and welcome to the eighth episode of Beyond the Payment, a podcast in which we'll dive into the world of Affinipay's integrated partner ecosystem and get to know the people behind these tech companies. From understanding tech features to knowing someone's dream car, our hope is that you'll get a taste of everything that happens beyond the payment. My name is Amanda Hike. Welcome to episode eight, where I sit down and chat with Doug Dagworthy and Alan Tubak, co-founders of Devlos, the company behind the Saluno product, a law pay partner. Hello there, and welcome to our guests and to our listeners. Today on Beyond the Payment, I'm excited to talk with Alan and Doug from Saluno. Alan and Doug founded Devlos, the parent company of the Saluno product in 2014, and they have been very busy in the years since building awareness and developing the product. We'll learn more about Doug and Alan, Devlos and Saluno over the next 15 to 20 minutes. So thanks for joining us and welcome Doug and Alan. How's it going? Good. Uh, Thank you for having us. You're Uh, welcome. It's a pleasure. Great to have you here. Um, I I am curious. um, I usually like to start out by kind of getting some background stats on both of you as people, but I kind of want to kick it off by asking about the weather. So that's a giveaway of where you guys are, are both located. We are north of the border in Toronto. It is uh, partial cloudy, partial sunny, and it's maybe getting the 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. We are located down here in Austin, Texas, where it's full on spring. Um, Thanks for that update. Uh, Let's dig in a little bit more. Um, This is our second episode in a row where we're talking with co-founders. It's sort of our co-founder mini series. Um, And like I said, the last time we did this, I'm not too worried about how our listeners will differentiate between Doug and Alan because you have some distinguishing accents. So let's let's jump back to Alan and um, cover the hometown. And uh, we already know your current location, but kind of bring us up to speed with where where did your life and career and education get started, Alan? So. Um... Down south, way down south. Um, I'm originally from Durban, South Africa. Um, I was educated there. I went to university there. Uh, Funnily enough, my degree um, that I obtained has nothing to do with legal technology. Um, I'm actually, I have a degree in dental technology, completely different field. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, quite diverse, although my degree did have a lot of business administration, uh, which Mm kind of ties Mm -hmm. into where I am today. Um, After my education, I went to military for conscription, was in the military for two years where I was a lieutenant, and then started building my life in South Africa. Um, And around about uh, 2019, well, 2008, sorry, 2000, uh, mm-hmm. Around about um, 1988. <laughs> there we go. There you go. The right year. <laughs> the right 1980, century. <laughs> 1988. Really wanted to relocate um, from South Africa to um, somewhere else, and so we were looking at immigrating to either uh, Australia or Canada, and we landed up in Canada. Nice. Weather. And weather motivated. 
Yeah, clearly. Complete, <laughs> com completely weather motivated. Uh, I think I went from, no, I, de I deal in degree centigrade. So I sure. went from 40 degrees centigrade down to minus 20 in the year that Canada had the largest, or well, Toronto had the largest snowfall. Where we had to call in the army to actually clear the streets. Whoa. That was my welcome to Canada. Yeah. No in the kidding. middle of February. Gosh. Um, fantastic. Doug, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your life journey so far. So the extent of my travels, unlike Alan, were from Toronto, where I was born, to Hamilton, which is 50, <laughs> 30 miles down the road, 50 kilometers. Uh, that's about my life story for travel. Uh, been in Toronto, grew up uh, here, went to McMaster University in Hamilton, where I got a computer science degree. Um, it appears I got a degree that I actually use today, which seems to be a rarity from Very everyone good. I talked to. Yeah. Uh, met my wife uh, at the university, and we've been married for, got to do the math, 31 years. Have two kids, 26 and 24. And Great. Lauren is my younger one. She works with us as well doing marketing. Yes, we all know and love Lauren. She's fantastic. Um, so, Doug, keep it going and tell me how did you and Alan meet and get to where you wanted to found a company together? Well, I, I guess we love telling this story because uh, it kind of shows our dynamic. So I think, Alan, it's safe <laughs> to say he didn't love me when he first met. He came <laughs> through the support ranks um, and I was in development and Back in the day with Alumni Computer Group, development was off. You know, you just didn't go to development unless you really had a good reason. And Alan was newly promoted to uh, a team assistant, I believe. And his first time to my desk was, I have a network problem, Doug. And the, my logical question is, well, what kind of network? And he didn't have the answer. So without even saying a word, I just swiveled my chair and went back to work and let, let him leave. You know, he had to figure out he had to leave. And um, then he came back an hour later, you know, and it, a bit more information. He goes, I've got this network problem. Well, what kind of network? And he responds, Novell or whatever it happens to be at the time. And I said, well, what is the message they're getting? And silent. So I turned my chair and let him leave. And, and so the third time I think he came back and he not only had those answers, but he had like a, the, my next 10 answered already. So we figured out that if you're going to come, you know, make sure you bring, you know, bring your fishing rod with you because you're going to learn how to fish. And after that, I think we had a good relationship. But before that, it was don't go see Doug unless you had to. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a bit of a cultivated image, I guess, back then. But since then, I think uh, Alan and I have had a great deal of respect for each other. Um, you know, we obviously solve problems together. Uh, we're applicable and, um, you know, we trust each other. So I think that made for a, a great dynamic for starting this company. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you can start a company and always be looking over your shoulder to see if your partner's doing what you're hoping they're doing. Definitely. Right? So, great. Awesome. Okay. Well, we got to get the other side of the story. Alan, you tell us now your, your version of how you and Doug met. Tell us a little bit more about um, Doug mentioned, is it alumni development group? Give us a little more, a, a little more history of how you professionally, how you got together. And then I definitely want to hear your take as well on the relationship. 
Yeah, for sure. So um, as I mentioned, uh, newly immigrated into a new country looking for a role in a completely different industry. Um, so fortunately, run about the time that I was looking for a role, um, a couple of months after I landed, was um, right about the Y2K era where every all DOS-based systems were apparently going to turn off in December the 31st. So <laughs> alum, remember those days? Uh, so alumni... Alumni Computer Group the, were the original developers of um, P, uh, PC Law, and um, they were looking for support roles, and that's how I got in, not for my support um, or technology uh, experience, but for my accounting experience. And uh, so that was my first introduction to legal technology. It was my first introduction into um, sort of the legal accounting space. Um, hadn't met Doug uh, because Doug just didn't talk to anyone who was under three months there. My original goal <laughs> was to um, only stay there three months and move on because I needed North American experience. But um, uh-huh. absolutely loved helping people, loved the product, loved the industry. And, um, you know, uh, it got promoted relatively quickly through the ranks um, and around about the time when, uh, I intersected with Doug was um, when I was assisting a team manager, um, trying to help my team solve problems. And that's when I sort of had my first interactions with Doug. Um, my side of the story, it's exactly what he said. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I just did not get on. Um, usually I'm a very good judge of character. I can, within five <laughs> Within five um, minutes of meeting someone, I, can, I know whether I like them or not. And I, honestly, I was wrong about Doug because I did not like him when I first met him. <laughs> but um, I grew to like him because uh, he taught me a fundamental lesson is just keep digging and, and fish for yourself. Um, and from that point onwards, had a lot of respect for him. Um, he's, a, he's a bright guy, um, a magician when it comes to uh, technology and um I always looked up to him because he was, uh, I still do, because he's such a smart, um, talented person. Um, so that was sort of my introduction to Doug. Um, I always knew I wanted to have my own company, didn't mm-hmm. know how to execute it. So I was aggressively learning the business um, and ho- you know, with the goal of hopefully getting to a point where we could start our own company. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit. So I think that's a really interesting aspect of the um entrepreneurial journey is did you just not want to try to do it alone or was it um you and was it timing what sort of what was the catalyst for you two getting together and saying yeah let's let's do this yeah from my perspective it was it was all down to timing um you know first of all could i do it on my own absolutely not um mm-hmm. you know doug and i have very distinct um skill sets doug is you know really good at the technology side you don't want me anywhere near code um i will i know the market really well i know the uh, the industry pretty well and i'm pretty well connected in that side of the business side of things and so to ha- to find someone who can do both is very rare and so that's why I think the partnership with, with Doug and I made sense is because, you know, A, we trust us, each other implicitly, and but B, we know our domains really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we, we both knew that there was a problem to solve. We, we knew that there was a problem to solve early on, but I don't think the timing was right. 
um, you know, it was uh, around about 2008 is when we started seeing things not go the way we thought it should go. And, um, you know, but for us to start a company in 2008 after the acquisition just wasn't the right timing. We, you know, there was just too many things that we needed to do to get to a point where I think we were mature enough to actually start a, um, a startup. And so when we did start, we, we didn't start, you know, what do we call ourselves, Doug? Mature entrepreneurs or something like that? We, we were a startup with 75 years of experience. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we weren't, we weren't, um, you weren't the typical, we weren't, yeah. yeah, you weren't the, the typical, um, what we think of as the Silicon Valley, maybe entrepreneur. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, because you're in Toronto, <laughs> which is a pretty, which is a tech, which is the tech hub maybe for Canada. No, no not really. Vancouver? Uh, no, actually Ottawa and Kitchener, okay. in Ontario, but, uh, you know, it's, it's there. The other thing that, um, you know, we had a problem with, we, to your point, Silicon Valley, we're not glamorous. We're attacking a 30 year old industry where there's no AI, there's no anything. There's these huge, you know, monolithic companies and, you know, here's two guys and, and an idea. Right. Yeah. It was near impossible to get funding. We had to bootstrap ourselves. Um, we knew, you know, what's our other favorite line, Alan? You know, what's the minimum accounting project? Everything. Right. So you can't just sort of throw a minimum viable product over the wall and trust a law firm is going to rip out their heart, literally, yeah. for accounting and go with two young guys who may not be around. Right. So, you know, we had some definite challenges. So, on one hand, we had you know, these incumbents making poor decisions from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was growing to a point where the market really just stopped liking these people. So that's great. They had this, you know, the, the stick behind them, but there was no carrot out in front of them. And, and, you know, it finally became to a point where I think 2014, beginning 2014, we did a survey to validate our thinking. And Devlos was born. So let's dig in a little bit there. Um, so let's now, maybe we skipped the part where we explain to our listeners exactly what Saluno does for a law firm. So let's, let's dig into sort of the specific capabilities of the product and um, who should, who would benefit, what kind of firm um, most benefits from the product? So, um, Saluno is a, you know, I like to call it QuickBooks for law firms, um, mm -hmm. and that because that usually resonates with um, people. People know what QuickBooks does, but we're more than that. Uh, so we handle the matter management, time, billing, and accounting for uh, for law firms. Uh, it's a cloud-based solution. Um, you know, it's very similar to our previous product that we worked on in terms of what the capabilities are, but um, it's it's offered in the cloud. Uh, so it helps law firms manage their practice, not only from a matter perspective, from a time productivity perspective, but also billings and collections um, to the point where it can also produce the financial statements for the, um, the, the law firm. So it helps law firms keep profitable. Yeah. And so I have to ask, um, Doug, how does law pay fit in? Um, many of our customers obviously uh, want to get paid on all those invoices by credit card. And so uh, we worked with your team to create a, an integration that uh, top drawer 
So they, when we produce an invoice, it automatically generates a law paid link, one for a customer portal that will go on the, uh, as I said, the invoice gets emailed out to the client. The clients get their beautiful slow created uh, invoice. They see this beautiful link at the bottom that says pay by credit card, really convenient. And they click the link, they go to the portal that's customized for that customer. So they see their invoices. Uh, optionally, they can see the copy of the PDFs. They put their credit card number in and the law firm gets a notification five minutes later and it goes into their accounting books and their money goes into their bank and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. I love it. Any other um, integrations that you have that have been key to um, firm's productivity and adoption of your product? So NetDocs, I think, is probably our leading integration. It was our first. And I think, you know, the one liner for NetDocs, it management, manages your documents for the law firm on a case by case basis. And that integration has been awesome because a law firm can go and create a file within Saluno and a workspace in NetDocs is automatically created. Um, the thing that we did, which is a little bit uh, extra than I think a lot of integrations, is when you do a conflict check, one of the main things you have to do as a law firm when you get a new client is make sure that you don't have a conflict uh, you know, taking on that case and you shouldn't be. And so one of the things that we can do with the NetDocs integration is ask NetDocs to do a contextual search within all their documents and it'll find all of the uh, potential conflicts and we present it in one list. Great. I know, I know companies have different and, and products, I guess, have different philosophies towards build it versus integrate it. Do you guys have sort of strong feelings on, on whether you'd rather build native or use integrations, or do you just kind of choose best in class based on, on the use case? Alan, go ahead. So uh, from our perspective, from the early days, it's always been, um, you know, we need to create an open system that can integrate with the best of the breed out there. Um, Doug and I have always felt that um, there's a lot of products out there that try to be the jack of all trades and master of none. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, if you go into a personal injury law firm, if you try and sell them a, a generic practice management system, it's just not going to cut it for that law firm because personal injury practices a very specific way. Um, and it's not something that we could um, uh, specifically tailor to every single industry, every single um, sub-vertical within the vertical. And so where our sort of um, um, integration strategy lines up really well is we could always integrate with a personal injury practice management system, a best of breed personal injury practice management system with a best of breed accounting system and a best of breed document management system hooking into the best of breed payment solution. So that way the law firms don't have to, um, you know, ditch the products that they like using. Mm -hmm. Uh, in order to get the all-in-one solution that does 70% or 60% of what they need. Got it. Yeah, and you guys play nice with pra practice management like Clio, right? You're you're happy to collaborate with um, products that may overlap with some of your capabilities. Absolutely. Clio, CasePeer, um, you know, whatever. You know, we, we have some... Um, integrations with AI-based time capture software, which mm -hmm. kind of also overplays what we do. But for our, for our, from our perspective, it's whatever works for the law firm. 
Great. That's a great, that's a great philosophy and kind of leads to my next question about um, any other companies, Doug, let's start with you, maybe from a more tech perspective, any companies either in legal or elsewhere that you just admire how they've built their brand, nurtured their product um, that you look to for inspiration? Um, well, to, to be honest, from a feature perspective, I look to the legacy software. Um, they're not modern, but they have the features that have solved the problem of the industry for 30 odd years. And, you know, so I look to them for the features, not necessarily how they're going to present it. Right. Yeah. Because one of the things we have is, is we are a little unique, um, you know, just sort of the, the, the finish what Alan was thinking earlier. Um, you know, we do billing, they do billing, but we do split billing with trust, you know, recorded per per contact, per file, you know, we do everything a lot deeper. So it's really hard to, to look for other software that does that level of detail. Um, but I mean, I, I look to the Clio's to, you know, your point, um, they really know how to market the software. I look to the, you know, the Filevine, the my case, a lot of the front end software. Mm -hmm because what they do that um, nicely is they've got really good user experience. Their, their front end is really nicely put together. Our needs are a little different, but I certainly get inspiration from looking at all of those. Hmm. Great answer. That is um, so interesting and uh, really generous of you to kind of include some of those um, old guard legacy systems that really, you're right, they did. They they blazed the trail um, for those of us who have, you know, kind of moved into the cloud, but um, really gained an understanding of what a firm needs from those um, from those initial players in the space. Yeah, Alan, how want, about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to add on to that, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, we often say, uh, Doug and I often say that we're competing against ourselves because we help build some of those legacy products out there. <laughs> and so a lot of the times when we're trying to play catch up because let's face it, you know, you're in a new, uh, you're in a new technology space um, in terms of the tech stack that you're using. Um, you know, you've helped build a 30 year product. And really what you are doing is competing against the features that you built in your previous life. It's like deja vu all over again. It is, but um, we don't have 30 years to get there. So yeah. we've got to take that and compress it down to, you know, hopefully 30 months. Yeah. Uh, but so for us, it's always, you know, um, what are the problems we're trying to solve? What, what, what are the pain points that our clients are having? Did we do this before? How did we solve this before? How can we solve it now, but just better? Okay. Anything you guys want to sort of reveal in terms of what's on the roadmap? Not to put you, I did not, I did not ask this question in advance. So feel, feel free to say, no, we're not ready to share, but anything that's in development currently or on the horizon that you want to talk about? How, how about we phrase it this way? Um, I think we're going to continue on with lots of integrations and, okay. um, you know, we, we actually have a module called Slino Remote because a lot, one of the challenges for a lot of law firms is we love the cloud, but I still love product, you know, X and Y and, mm -hmm. but they're on premise space. How do we work with those? And Slino Remote allows us to integrate with older software and play nicely with them. And so law firms can take their accounting to the cloud 
and leave some of their other stuff still on premise. It's not an all or nothing venture for them. Um, so a lot more integrations. I think you're going to find that we are partnering up a lot more. I think you're also going to see a lot of feature enhancements. Some of those 30-year-old um, products, they still have a couple of features that we want to uh, knock out and add to Saluno. Nice. Great answer. I think you could not have handled that, <laughs> that curveball better. Thanks. Um, so we've talked about the two of you. We've mentioned Lauren, who leads your marketing efforts. What about the rest of the team? How do you, how do you sell, distribute, and support the, the firms that use your product? Um, so we have different uh, um, skills um, people set up in different skill sets for that. So on the support side, we have a number of uh, ex-colleagues of ours that used to work with us in our previous company that have joined the team, which really know um, Tambelin and Canon really well. Um, so we have a support team. Um, we obviously have um, the sales team, which is you know, multiple hats. A lot of us wear multiple hats, so I'm one of the people that... Um, you know, sell along with another colleague of mine. Um, but we do rely on deep uh, deep relationships with consultants, mm -hmm. industry consultants. Um, these are consultants that we worked with over, the, over our career. And um, they've kind of followed us into our new venture and, um, you know, they're helping us sell. It really was the catalyst that we needed to, um, to actually uh, – accelerate the way we are accelerating today. Um, but the interesting fact is now we're at an equal par of um, leads coming in from generated from consultants versus leads generated from our own uh, marketing activities, which is really good to see. That is good to see. Great. Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. I, I'm just going to say, so that's our immediate, we also have a long-term project, which uh, it's called our Spark program, which we will basically give away Saluno to universities, colleges, um, et cetera, for teaching accounting. So we've got uh, a number of schools um, coming on board. We've had a couple that have been running it for a couple of years already. And, you know, so the future bookkeepers and lawyers out there are, are going to get some experience with Saluno as well. Great. And you guys, U.S. and Canada primarily is where you're marketing or do you push beyond those so right, North American boundaries? Right now it's North America, but we do have clients in Europe and mm -hmm. uh, some of the islands. Um, so we want to conquer our own domain first before we mm -hmm. uh, expand, <laughs> but we certainly have the we've done it before and have the, the ability to expand uh, borders. Great. So shifting gears a little bit, here we are. We've come to my favorite part of the podcast, which um, I'm still is a is a work in progress. We used to call this the lightning round, but um, yeah, I know Doug has a look of terror in his eyes. I should, I've I've modified the lightning round for these um, partner talks for these co-founder talks, and so I'm going to ask Alan a few questions, and I Great. want him to answer what he thinks Doug would answer and then, and then wow. we'll, do, we'll do the reverse. Um, no pressure, right? Oh I said, I said last time that I kind of did some internet searches for, um, for partner quizzes. And as you guys, I'm sure, as you guys know, <clears throat> the term partner can have a lot of different, mm -hmm. a lot of different meetings. So I have deleted the question that was who said, I love you first. But I think we learned, I think we learned in like the first five minutes that it was not Doug. 
I love you, man. <laughs> you sure? Like the movie. Like the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> ready? Um, Alan, what is Doug's favorite TV binge watch or Netflix or Prime or, or whatever? What's a show you have heard him talk nonstop about well, in the last year? There's a lot of there's there's a lot, and um, I actually use Doug for a source of binge watching. But the one that comes to mind is Animal Kingdom. That was Animal yours. Kingdom. That was what I was going to say for you. Oh, see, there's overlap already. Oh. This is exactly what I'm trying to understand: is how how intertwined have your lives have <laughs> your lives? <laughs> okay, so uh, Doug, you would say the same thing back to Alan. Yeah. Animal Kingdom. Yes. Right. Why? I want to ask why. It's San Diego and you love to surf and it reminds you of your hometown. There you go. All right. Um, Alan, what's Doug's dream car? Um, Doug's not a flashy guy, but I've heard him talk about a Maserati. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Do what that. color? Do you know what color? Um, just known by his track record, probably black. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Doug, how about Alan? What's what's his dream ride? So it would have been a Tesla if it was about a year ago, but I think he soured on Tesla. Um, what would your current car be? You have to know this one, man. I've... <laughs> oh, was it a was it a Porsche? You got it. There you go. Color? Do you know? Um, I'm gonna go with that red that they have. Nope. Oh. I had a red car once, and I vouched never to have it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got the car right. Absolutely. It's, Porsche has been my dream car since I was a, a kid growing up at school. What color? I love it. Uh, I, um, it would be black. Okay. Black. All right. Um, Alan, what's Doug's favorite candy? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> a man after my own heart. <laughs> I don't think there's a candy that I haven't seen Doug eat. Somebody tried to answer this, not answer this question to me one time. And I was like, that's the only wrong answer is I don't <laughs> like candy. That's the wrong answer. So glad to hear it. Doug, what about Alan? What's his favorite? I don't snack think he's a candy? big candy person, to be honest. Um, I know that's the only wrong answer, but um, <laughs> I don't, you're not, a, he's not a real big candy person. He used to love his Coke, but uh I don't think you really have a candy. Chocolate to a degree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. If, if I was to choose, it was chocolate, yeah. Nice. All right. Um, Alan, does Doug have like a secret talent? That we're shareable? Um, that is shareable? <laughs> this is definitely a G-rated program. How, how, do you, how dark do you want this don't podcast to Don't even want to explore that further. <laughs> Okay, so we won't take this this podcast to dark uh, side. Yes. Um, Is he singing he's a, or play the ukulele? Or? No, definitely not, but he's a good squash player. Oh, that is interesting. Again, that's another another podcast, but we'll get we'll get Doug on the, the unusual sports podcast. Squash is unusual here in the States. Is it more prevalent in Canada? It's been on a bit of a decline, but uh, the club I belong to, you know, I think you would have been hard pressed to find anyone over the age of 35 years ago. And now I'd think about a quarter of the club, a third of the club is under the age of 30. 
So oh. I think it's having a bit of a resurgence, which is good to see. Love it. And what about Alan, Doug? What's his secret talent? Um, I don't know. Um, Do you surf, Alan? He used Tell to surf. Well, the, the thing is, we did this. We had a similar thing yesterday, and he used to love surfing, and he was a good surfer. But he said now that he's not sure if he could stand up on a board. So I would have said surfing, except I had insider information from yesterday. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. It was my passion was surfing. Yeah, it's just I think I'd have a heart attack paddling up now. <laughs> I, I have to say that is the hard part, right? I, I have to say it's really been hard, as I'm sure most startup and, and co-founders and, and such go through. There's not a whole lot of spare time. And mm -hmm. when you're talking to each other, it's 99% of the time is work and then family. And you don't really get to explore all of the ancillary passions. When you're finally not talking to each other, you really just don't want to talk to each other. Um, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. And that's so I, fair. Yeah, we've had several people who answered their hobbies question with work is my yeah. hobby. You know, when you own a company and you're developing a product, that's, you better enjoy it because that's what you do most that, of your time. But that's, that's part of our success is because we've been so laser focused and this is what we've done for the last six years. That's all we have. That's mm -hmm. been our lives. And we've had a, a laser vision, laser focused vision to make this company succeed. And yes. so everything else gets blinders around it. And that's what yeah. That's why it's probably difficult to answer that question. So this next question should be easy then based on your last answer. Alan, what's Doug's favorite Saluno feature? Split billing. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up from Doug on that one. Yeah. What about the reverse, Doug? What's Alan's favorite Saluno feature? Uh, the one I just wrote. Whatever that it, is. Whatever that is. <laughs> whatever is. In, in the moment. Whatever's new and shiny. It's whatever, whatever bullet Whatever makes a has. sale. Yeah. It, 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 whatever it, makes a sale is my favorite feature. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's a really good answer. It is a great answer. Yeah. No, in all honesty, I think it's, it's the overall just sort of product and how it fits together. And it, I think it makes it a little bit easier to sell. And, and every, it is like every, new feature isn't looks like a Franken product, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. actually integrated well. And I think, I think that's what Alan likes. Okay. Yep. And the final question, um, and you can answer this one for your, for yourself. So for yourself, Alan, besides Doug and Alan, who is your other all-time favorite duo? And if you need some examples, I've got, I've got a list here. I've got Simon and Garfunkel, Ben and Jerry, Lucy and Ethel, Wayne and Garth, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Those are Bert and Ernie. Those are some <laughs> some jumping off points. Oh, there's one, and I'm just trying to think who the other is. Um, I got two. Can I have two? Okay, Doug, so, you go ahead. Thinking? Yeah. So anyone yeah, let, who's let on, so um, it's it's kind of funny. Maybe it's Canadian, but the two chipmunks from Looney Tunes. Right? Chip and Dale. No. Is that Chip and Dale? I'm not actually sure their name, but it's like oh, after you. You know, oh, most, you know, it's it's the the the, the kind chipmunks. But uh, I think my be the better duo is Captain America and Iron Man. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So mine would be, and this this comes back to my my 
um, memories of South Africa, but it was uh, when David Bowie and Mick Jagger sang Dancing in the Street. Okay. That's a good one. That's a deep cut, but I, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Last question. You did spectacularly well. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know um, it was a challenge getting this scheduled, getting both of you in the same place at the same time <laughs> is not easy. So I really appreciate you carving out the time. But thanks again for joining us and see you all soon. Thank it was you an absolute blast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Beyond the Payment. I want to thank my co-producers, Keely Leonard and Jen Curtis, and a round of applause for Ryan Berry, who wrote our original theme song. If you liked what you listened to today, please like and subscribe to Beyond the Payment. Thanks again for listening. I'm Amanda Hike. We'll catch you next time.